things that happened historically. Uh, devastating things that happened historically. Uh, but God's people, by having and keeping their faith in Him, have always come through. Uh, maybe not without trouble. Maybe not without some uh, sacrifices. Maybe sometimes many sacrifices. But God's always faithful, isn't He? His Word is always. Absolutely what we can rely on in any situation. As we begin this year here, and uh, we have started with Monday, as I asked last Sunday and looking forward into the new year, what could I say about the last day of last year? What could I say? I'm going to ask kind of the same question this morning. What could I say about today and, and what's coming? What could I give? What advice could I render? What things could I say that might prepare us? And let me remind you, uh, let us always remain in preparation mode. Amen. Don't get caught unprepared. Uh, and I'm speaking that in a spiritual sense. We can prepare for a lot of things physically. You can stock up items and have massive vaults of food, substance, and all sorts of things, but I'm talking about preparing spiritually. That's what we've been on here for a long time. If we don't prepare spiritually, we're not going to do, succeed very well otherwise. Now, that's always first, isn't it? Spiritual preparation should be. So as we enter into this thing today, call it the first Sabbath message, maybe. Uh, there's more to come after this, as long as the Lord carries and uh, God gives us however many more days or weeks or years or months or whatever on this earth. We don't know that. Uh, there's some interesting things even being forecast in that realm. One gentleman's got it narrowed down to 2030. 
And uh, amazingly, uses a lot of scripture in connection of scripture, both Old Testament and New Testament. Ties a lot of things together. I was listening to him the other day, but that's still not exact. Because what's the Bible say? No man knows when the Son will return. Right. So let us be prepared always. Anyway, uh, terms of new, you say new year. Um, symbolically, that implies fresh. New start, uh, things ahead, things ahead we know not of yet, right? We can't predict the future. We know some of the future because the Bible tells us some of the future. It tells us the Lord's coming back, right? Amen. Praise God. Anybody got a praise for that? Yeah. God's promises are not empty. His Word does not return void. His Word contains our source of strength, power, a lot more. Uh, confidence, faith. We believe in the Word, right? Amen. I'm not just saying uh, mutter an amen to the preacher. You've got to believe in the Word, folks. This Word's got to be your source and your substance. It's our map in many ways. Our road map of life. Uh, I've heard it said a long time ago. I've heard preachers preach this. I found it to be true myself. There's no, there's no problem you'll ever have in life that this word won't address. If you don't open the pages and look into the word and become a knowing of the word personally, you're not really going to have good success. When you take the word to heart and you believe it to be the word of God as it is and faithfully make it your life, it has such a wonderful way of granting and getting to us the wonders of God. The wonders of God. Where does God want us to go now? Question. Where does God want us to go? Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go before heaven? That's the question. Where we want to go needs to be where God wants us to go. Now that that's a big, huge problem of this day. Uh, a lot of people go in a lot of different directions of their own will, and it's sure not the way God wants things to go. If we can bring ourselves into the frame of the will of God and understand that God's will will never be wrong for us and back to self, the self thing and battle this self thing that lives in all of us, not through preaching last Sunday, but moving forward from there, but utilizing some of what we talked about last week. If we can war and battle against this self thing and bring ourselves in subjection to God and submission to God and to His Word, into His will, then we know we're going to be okay, alright? Amen. Now, where are we going? Where does God want us to go? Let's answer that. How about the promised land? Amen. How about the promised land? There's an account in the Bible in the book of Joshua, the Old Testament, 
You ever think about, and I mentioned this, the wonders of God? What are the wonders of God? Where do the wonders of God uh, come from? What, what lies within the wonders of God? Well, first of all, the wonders of God are supernatural happenings and supernatural experiences. It's spiritual. I've made this statement many times in many conversations. Everything begins spiritual and everything's going to end spiritual. Regardless of what man tries to devise, what man tries to say, and what man tries to make other men believe. Things begin with God and they're going to end with God. And what we do in our meantime here on this earth, living in this existence, makes all the difference. certainly makes the difference in where our eternity is going to be. That, again, should be our foremost concern. Hopefully it is yours this morning. And doing what we can in every way to assure that we're headed in that direction, that way of God and that way that He has prepared for us. We're going to take an adventure here in the book of Joshua this morning. And I want to say this before I give the Scripture because this is where it leads. How do we get there? How do we get to this promised land? How do we get to the promises of God? How do we get to the wonders of God? Here. Many of the wonders of God are recorded biblically for the here and the now at that time. To get people to the place God wanted them to be for His purpose and for their goodwill. And at the moment that these happenings occurred. The how we get there, and I'm more impressed all the time to stress this. The biblical answer, the biblical way, of course, is Christ. But it's sanctification and ongoing sanctification. In Joshua chapter number 3 <laughs> Everybody there? Amen. Joshua has been tasked with leading the children of Israel into the promised land. Moses has passed, and Joshua is assigned. God always looks for people to assign things that he can depend upon. Joshua was one of those people. 
The Bible here relates to us in this chapter 3 of Joshua wholeheartedly and sincerely, and I will add, with everything in him taking on this great assignment of God. And verse 1 declares this, And Joshua rose early in the morning. There's something in that itself. Laziness has no place in the kingdom of God. God does not use lazy people. He does not use slothful people. He does not use people that could care less. He doesn't use people that says, let somebody else do it. He said that this morning. There is a massive amount of integrity and character in Joshua. And as we begin here, this implies much more than merely what may you, you may see on the surface. He rose early because he took this task and this responsibility seriously. He placed himself in the purpose of God to get the purpose of God accomplished. He didn't know everything that was coming in. He only knew that he had been assigned by God to fulfill this huge, huge task and assignment to lead the nation of Israel or the people of Israel at this time into the promised land. They had not arrived there yet. They were still another place. We're still another place. We're still living in a world the real promised land, the true promised land, that heavenly promised land, I can't even begin to imagine what it's going to be both. But I know it's going to be well worth getting there when we arrive. This earthly example, this land that God has promised the Israelites, that this journey previously before Joshua and under Moses has taken about 40 years to get across a few miles of wilderness. And wilderness is the key word. This world is a wilderness. It's a spiritual wilderness. If you read the Bible and the history and the preceding accounts and preceding books, you will see very quickly that there were a lot of hostilities involved. There were a lot of things that, that were incurred, that were obstructed. And most of the time it had to do with people. Matter of fact, many of them perished in the wilderness because of a lot of things. So Josh was left here with the remainder. He rose early in the morning and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan. That's the river. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. He and all the children of Israel. I can see Joshua, I don't know, 4.35 o'clock in the morning saying, Wake up, church! We've got some place to go. Can I say that? Wake up, church! we got some place to go. 
Come on, praise the Lord this morning. We got some place to go. God has a purpose for us. You know, if it wasn't for Israel, there wouldn't be a church. You know that? Where'd Jesus come from? Well, he's the Son of God, but he come through Jewish lineage. We're here about Jesus, right? Amen. Are you here about Jesus? I'm going to ask you some questions this morning. This is the first Sunday of 2024. We need to get it right starting off. Amen? Amen. It's about Jesus, right? Yes. Okay. It's about the purpose of God, right? Amen. Is that not all we're about? Amen. No, there's too many people about self. I'm going to go back to that. Too many people about self. <coughs> it's been proven out because all of those were about self before. They're not even here with these people anymore because they... Perish. There's something about the wonders of God that are tied to people that are dedicated and committed and responsible and sold out to God and willing to fulfill the purpose of God no matter what, that get up early. Now I'm not particularly saying that in the frame of a clock. See, you get up early when you're serious. You get up early because you're ready to get to the job. You get up early when it's uncomfortable to get up early. Yeah. When you got to slap self in the face and say, crawl out of bed, it's time to go. Can we say that spiritually? Yeah. I believe it's time to go. I believe it's time for the church to get busy, busy, busy. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what's going to happen in 2024. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But there's a spiritual sense in the air. There's something in the atmosphere that there's people everywhere globally talking about. And it's not just mustering up something like follow the leader. You said it, so I'm going to say it. You, he said it, now I'm going to say it. Everybody, that's not what it's about. There's an atmospheric containment of spiritual significance that's taking place and has been for a while but it's increasing. I don't like to use the word feel because we get too tangled up with feelings. Feelings are emotions. God gave us emotions for a purpose, but we don't got, let ourselves be guided by emotions. You notice Joshua didn't say, hey, jump up there, everybody, go down here and do a little religious ceremony, bounce around a little bit, and have an emotional experience, and everything's going to work out fine and great from there on. If you catch the significance of getting up early, the strain that it is. Now, let's keep spiritual with physical, but let's connect them. The strain that it is. It's taxing sometimes, right? It's sacrificial at times, right? It's necessary. What's greatly implied here and involved here that's being made is this man that God has called to lead this massive group of people to the purpose place that God has prepared for them is eagerness. Expectation. An eager expectation of what? They don't know yet. Other than God said, I got you a land out here. It's a promised land. It's a wonderful land. But they hadn't got there yet. 
Where are they at? We read it. Now they're at the Jordan. There's always obstacles, is there not? You have any obstacles in your life? Especially when you're trying to get and do the things of God and pursue on and advance on. Is there not obstacles? Well, why didn't God make it easy? Let me tell you about the Jordan. It's going to say it later here. The Jordan was in flood stage right now. Some scholars believe it's like a half a mile wide. Raging. Well, why didn't God just take them in a different season of the year where it's shallow and nice and easy? Because that wasn't God's plan. Sometimes obstacles dissuade people. Too tough or too hard. Too tough to get up early. Let somebody else do it. There's more implied in get up early than just rolling out of bed, okay? We're talking spiritual. We're talking about where we need to go personally, individually, as a church. We need to get up early. At all costs. Get up early for God, okay? Get up early for God. He wakes you up at 3 o'clock. Get up. Wake up. He calls you to do something. Get up. I believe that time is short. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. The people. And they commanded the people saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Listen to that. Remove from your place and go after it. I believe this is one of the only few times that the presence of the Lord God is referred to as it. See, the ark contains the Word of God, the Ten Commandments as we know it. What's being said here? What's being said is this. When you see... How's the only way you can see something? You look at it. You don't see something by looking away from it. You don't see something by being distracted from looking at it. You see something by looking at it. Further focusing on it. And I'm going to use that term this morning. When you focus on the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God. What's significant about that? Because the Ark is the presence of God. At least in this day. That's where God resided. That's where His presence remained. It wasn't just a fancily carved box with, with golden ornaments and such. God, this was God. To the Israelite, this was God. It is God. It was God. It's not some imagination. God resided with them in the Ark of the Covenant. Without God, there's no hope, right? Without God, there's no hope for us, right? 
Amen. Where's our focus? I'm asking you personally this morning, where is your focus this morning? Is your focus going to be able to carry you through whatever comes in 2024, be it good or be it bad? Is what you're oriented in on in your gaze going to be sufficient for you to ride out a storm that may come along? Or the flood? If your focus is on anything but God, it's not going to work. And that's what his, the emphasis is here. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priest, the Levites, bearing it or carrying it as the orderly fashion was, and this was very, very, uh, in a hugely cautious way, had been in, uh, uh, instructed by God to even move this Ark. And these were assigned to the movement of the Ark. But it gets interesting here as the instructions continue. Now, we can take these instructions and we can apply them spiritually even in the day of the age of grace. First, I want to talk a little more about removing from your place and going after it. We got up early already, right? Anybody up early with me out now? Amen. Amen. We got three people that's up early already. I know sometimes you don't want to raise them. Listen, this is significant that we did this. After getting up early, the instruction, he says, remove, basically remove yourself from your place. Where's your place? It's what you've become settled into. It's that comfort zone. It's that place I don't want to get up early. And I sure don't want to do anything. You see what's being said here? Their existence is at stake. Especially their eternal existence. Go after it. Are you going after it? Are you going after God? Stay in tune here. I know some of these things are physical elements, but these are supernatural elements at the same time. This is a supernatural ark of God that God resides in. Are you going after it? Is your sights on God? Otherwise, you will not succeed and you probably, most likely, will not survive. And you certainly will not receive the promise Does of God. And people believe they will. Saying it makes it so. Right? That's what popular teaching and belief is. It's just say it. It'll come around. You don't have to get up early. You don't have to get out of your position. Just say it. God's such a wonderful God. He's just going to do it regardless. If I never give him any attention whatsoever, all I gotta do is snap my fingers and he's supposed to arrive. Look at verse four. Yeah. Hold on just a minute. There is a preceding instruction here. Yeah. 
There shall be a space between you and... There's that word again. It. What's it? Presence of God. The Ark of the Covenant. The Word of God. That you... Let's see. About 2,000 cubits by measure. Now that's about half a mile. Well, I thought we were supposed to be able to get close to God. Not then. Why? We're going somewhere. We've got up early. We've we got out of our place. What's all this about? A half a mile. We got to stay back a half a mile from God. That you may know the way by which you must go. What? Half a mile away and that's going to enable you to know the way that you must go? How far is half a mile? It's a good distance, isn't it? Let me let you know what's being said here. And we can imagine this, if you will, with me. This instruction is here, and keep in mind that Joshua Joshua is a man that seemingly knew what God was going to do before he did it. The scripture is reinforcing that. How? Because Joshua was sanctified to God. He was consecrated, he was committed to God. When a person is consecrated and committed to God, dedicated to God, sanctified to God, they have an inside with the Lord. Supernaturally. How? Because sanctification is related to holiness and purity and cleanness. Who's God choose to do great works for Him? The dedicated, the consecrated, the committed, the holy, the clean, the pure. What is sanctification? You can see it here in just a minute. That you may know the way by which you must go. Now let me explain this. Half a mile distance, the priests were half a mile, are going to be half a mile ahead of all the people. Bearing the ark. With biblical understanding, and even we could compare this today, something that is at a distance is much easier to follow. That is at a distance is much easier to follow when there's a whole mass of people trying to follow it rather than forming right around it. Because your vision is obscured and you won't be able to see through a huge crowd. Does that make sense? Keep your sights on that which is ahead of you. Keep your eyes on that which is ahead of you and follow that which is ahead of you that you may know where you're going to go. And there's a reverence aspect also. In this day, 
there were severe consequences to get near or especially touch the ark of God. And most often it was a death. For you have not passed this way before, heretofore. You have not passed into January 8th, 2024 yet. Or February or March or whatever's down the road. They have not even begun to cross Jordan yet, which is swollen, <coughs> raging, and flooding. That's an obstacle. I mentioned death. The valley of the shadow of death is an obstacle that sometimes we have to go through. We don't like it. It's uncomfortable. It's, it's saddening. There's a lot of valleys. There's a lot of obstacles that we are confronted with in life. There's, there's obstacles and preventative things that we're subjected to as a church because there's spiritual battle going on. You said it well this morning. There's always the influence of the enemy trying to prevent Individually, all of us, as a group, as a church, to prevent forward motion. If you can picture and imagine a half-mile swollen river that's raging and out of its banks, and God says, there you go, promised land right over there. Come on. You got up early. You got out of place. It's time to go. Can I say that there's a swollen half mile wide Jordan River raging in front of us all the time? In per se, there's something anyway. But when God promises something and people line up and they follow the instructions and they commit themselves, and this is where we're at, folks, to being sanctified. The first step in being sanctified is, sadly, denying self. In mere speaking, we've already spoken to get up early, you've got to deny self. Because self wants to lay there. Self wants to wallow in the softness and the comfort and the warmth. You got to deny self to get up out of your comfort zone. To get out of your place, whatever your place may be. The place goes a lot of directions. Some people get rooted in their place and they're not going to get up. They're not going to move. When God says move, we got to move. There's wonderful things ahead. Go with me to verse 5. And Joshua said unto the people, here it is, sanctify yourselves. Oh, God sanctified. Your Bible says what mine says? Sanctify yourself. Your, remember last week I said there's multiples in the Word that are uh, dependent of explanations of self 
Here's one of them, yourselves. Every one of you, group-wise, sanctify yourself. Consecrate yourself. Get yourself down there and do a self-examination. There's a place we got to go, but before we get there, this is necessary. Amen. First call of order, right? Go to number three. We got up early, and now we're out of a place. Now he says, "Go sanctify yourself." This brings up a very, very interesting spiritual matter. The New Testament, rightly so declares many times basically Christ sanctifies us. And He does. Without that, we would have no justification with God if Christ did not sanctify us in spiritual sense. And I've heard this and I've listened to it and I've thought about it and I've prayed about it and I've meditated on it in wee hours of the morning including early this morning. When people begin to believe that they do not have to be sanctified anymore. My goodness, what the results of that. And I'm talking about sanctifying themselves. If we consecrate ourselves to God, there are principles involved. There are... It's a process, okay? How do we sanctify ourselves? What Joshua is really saying here, if you read this and you get it right, go down there and get all the filth out of yourself. Because filth, filth is not going across the river. I'm going to tell you, it's a sad thing, folks, and I know it just as well as you probably do. They're sitting in churches today, people that are embedded in filth, going through a religious exercise. And there have been any of them for years. Probably at the same time thinking they're going to get the wonders of God poured out upon them in instant. Why would miracles be included in the Bible if they were not so? Well, that's what wonders means. Let's read it. I want you to see it to your own self. Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Declared, wonder is declared to be supernatural happening. Now, look at what he's saying. To sanctify oneself, and there's a term as of late, well, it's been around actually for a long time, uh, sanctimonious. You ever heard of that? It, it relates to hypocrisy. Sanctimonious is declaring you're something or doing something where you're not. It's the word sancti. One who sanctifies themselves is serious. They're all in. Leaving nothing out. I know this gets deep. It gets uncomfortable sometimes. It's hard to rip things out of our lives that we're comfortable with. 
it's hard to get rid of things that we would really rather keep. All the while, maybe not knowing how damaging they are to us. You remember last week, I don't know how many have done this, don't raise your hand. I just asked you to do it. Maybe you didn't, maybe you did. For seven days, go and record something and write it down that you need to deny self-hurt. Well, as an example, I did every day just exactly what I asked you to do. You talk about a remarkable result. You preacher, preacher. Sure. We all do, don't we? Started with one last Monday. We went to two Tuesday. I don't do till today. You know, I don't know what today was. Deny self from ever quenching the Holy Spirit again. You quench the Spirit, Brother John? Admittedly, we all have. Sometimes when you're prompted of the Holy Spirit and you don't, and I'm going to tell you where, but for the sake of others, let's remind us. Church service. Holy Spirit wants to move, but you know, it just doesn't seem like everybody's into it. What happens? See, there's a lot in saints. Like I said, I don't know if any of you follow through with that. I'm not going to beat you up if you didn't, of course. But I, I would, I'm going to urge you again to think about this and, and maybe just just take a little time and, and start identifying with yourself. Okay, here's number one. This is one I need to take care of right here. I need to get this out of my life because it's hindering me from moving forward. Oh, there's a number two. Yep, there's another one. And on and on. And I'm going to tell you right here this morning that has made such a difference in seven days because I dedicated myself to it. I cut some things out. Had to get up early. 3.30, 4 o'clock. Had an hour or two with the Lord. Here it is, God. This is it. You know, He'll always help you when you're serious. I'm not lifting myself up saying anything any better than anybody else. But He'll help. When our attempt is to sanctify ourselves, when we attempt and put ourselves into action to do that, God will always help us. But when we refuse, and we don't care, and we'd rather stay in, in bed, so to speak, or stay in our place, we're going, to lose. We're going to lose out. Maybe on great things. I want to conclude here quickly. I'm not going to continue reading this whole account. Probably familiar with it, not the Bible at all. Um, 
Verse 6, Joshua spake unto the priest, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant and pass over before the people. And they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. The Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that you may know that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with it. I want to drop down to verse 14. They approached the river. This swollen out of banks raging river. They've approached it. Now they're standing at the end of the priest call. And it came to pass when the people were moved from their tents to pass over Jordan and the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as they that bear the Ark were come unto Jordan and the feet of the priests that bear the Ark were dipped in the brim of the water. says it right here. For Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest. I want you to understand the obstruction here before them. What do you mean set your feet into something that's liable to sweep you away and and God takes you places sometimes that are dangerous. Right? Read the Bible. Many times. To do what? To get you where you need to be. that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up a heap very far from the sea of Adam, that is, beside Zaratan, and those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, fell and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. Which was another obstacle, by the way, that we won't talk about today. What does sanctifying ourselves do in closing this? Sanctifying ourselves brings us nearer to God. That's the necessity. People, you've got to get yourself sanctified, get near to God, because if you don't, this will never be accomplished. You'll never see the promise. You'll never see the wonders. Those that have studied world history backwards for thousands of years and the climates and all that's associated, um, I think this this wall of water stood up about 12 feet. Is that a miracle? Is that a wonder? To do what? Why did the water stand up 12 feet? That they can go across on what ground? Dry ground. That is a miracle. For what reason? Into the promised land. Why did it happen? Because the people were serious. They were dedicated. They were consecrated to the cause and the purpose of God. That's why God's purpose purpose-minded, right? I'm going to close there. There's more than I don't close right there. You may be here this morning and have wondered, why can't I get any place? Why is it like I'm never able to arrive at the promises of God. 
I see other people. I hear other people talk about it. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. If you noticed, other than the discomfort involved and taking you out of your comfort zone and maybe doing some things to get in the step, in place, out of your place into His place. Out of your will, out of yourself, in His. And begin to identify. To sanctify yourself, you've got to identify yourself. What's in there? What self is doing that is contrary to God? What resistance self has that prevents that closeness to God? I'm going to leave it at that. I don't want to preach a whole other message. Just one in itself. Let me ask you my facts for this thing. Going forward. Going forward, down the calendar, if you get it correctly, life is about God. More than it is about self. That's what you got to get. Make your life about God. You're going to face danger? Absolutely. I want to leave you with this. Uh, I hope you take it and you roll this around. I really do. That you you meditate on this. You think about this. There's further advancement implied here. A nearness. A nearer nearness. Uh, as in the beginning, I said sanctify and then continue to sanctify this this grace. You know, let me say this. I got to say this. I said, you know, we, we're sanctified through Christ. We know we're saved by grace. But many misunderstand grace. It should be an ongoing appreciation, an ongoing application of appreciation and reverence and awe and respect for that what we have been given. Yes, we live in grace. But let us appreciate that grace and be reverent and respectful to God that He's given us the opportunity that we get up early and that we get out of our place and we get in the place where He wants us to be, where He can use us for great wonders. Amen.